coming up on this episode, we continue March Madness as we play another text-based adventure game, this time Detective Land. Join us for some bad accents, confusing sewers, and more right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 203, recorded April 1st, 2021. March Madness, week four. In all the years, no one knows just how hard you work. But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line In one shining moment Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by the man of the month and our own resident detective, Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hey, Sean. Happy Happy April Fool's Day, April first. Did uh, Did you participate in a lot of uh, April fooling this uh, this year? You know, I actually do have a very short, fun story to tell, which is I I don't like April Fools. Uh, I find very few of the pranks funny, uh, and usually they're annoying, especially in the workplace. But uh, one of my employees did a joke that went around the internet this year, but I hadn't seen before. Did you see the brownie prank? No. So what you so what you do i'm sorry if i spoil it but what you do is you print out a bunch of the letter e that are the color brown and then you say oh i make some brownies would you like one and you present to them a plate filled with these pieces of paper with a brown letter e on it pretty harmless Um, that's very that is innocent yeah that's a little chuckle worthy but that would be like when kids used to say like give me five and they would like write the number five on a piece of paper and give it to yeah Exactly. Very, very silly. Which very was fun. In- I hadn't seen it before, so it was fun. But okay. that wasn't the end of it because I got that prank, and it was fun because everyone around the office slowly they're like, "Hey, I heard Erica brought brownies." I'm like, "Yeah, go see them." And then you know they got the joke. But I was in a conference room, and someone knocked on the door, and they opened it. It was a colleague of mine, and he goes, "Hey, have you seen Erica's brownies?" And he holds up a piece of the paper with the e on it, and I go, "Yeah, yeah, I saw it." He takes dips the piece of paper in his coffee, and then puts it in his mouth and walks away. <laughs> I I literally fell out of my chair laughing, and that is no exaggeration. It was the single funniest because I had no idea that he was. <laughs> and literally, it completely seriously. He dips in his coffee. He's got wet paper. He sticks in his mouth. Then he closes the door and he walks away. He, was, he doubled down on it. it was Good the, for him. A goddamn the funniest thing I've ever seen because I just was not expecting it. So see, I, I thought he was going to say, "Did you see Erica's brownies?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, they, you see him? That was funny." And they would be like, "Actually, that's that goes against Section B, <laughs> twelve of our of our health code violations, misrepresenting food as paper." Um, and she's going to have to speak to HR now. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Actually, a great, a great next. A great next level of that prank would have been to bake actual brownies and give them to everyone except me. And so when they're all like, did you see Erica's brownies? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, no. And they're like eating a real brownie. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that'd be pretty good. That'd be uh, pretty that'd be like a dunk on the boss kind of joke. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that, that was my, did you have any, uh, April fools? Um, I just remembered it was April, April fool's day about an hour or two ago. So no, I did not have any April fool's experiences, which is good because I spent most of the day in home Depot and I would not want to be April fooled uh, while I'm for uh, garden and home supplies. So ownership is no joke, Matt. Although I was expecting maybe, maybe I could have gotten like, you know, some kind of funny but you know what? When you're working at Home Depot, you know you know you got to take the job seriously. So you could be put on that orange apron, 
and you are um, serious business. Serious, but any any one item from Home Depot you want to highlight for the folks? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to give a shout out to the uh, the hose that I bought. I bought a 100 foot hose, and it may not sound like much, but it's a, a hose that was the exact same color hose that I remember from my childhood. You know what I'm talking about? Like that light blue. I didn't think they made hoses like this anymore. I, I traditionally, what color do you usually think of a garden hose being shot? Yeah. Usually you think of it like dark green or like black, right? Mm. When I was really young and I only remember this in like, just, just seeing it like jarred my memory. Uh, we had this like aqua blue garden hose that is still around. I guess it's like a, common i had never seen it anywhere else so of course i bought it even though it, it i at, at the beginning i didn't think it was going to be the right measurement i was going to buy it anyway um which would have been bad but it turns out it is the right measurement and it was everything was was good about it so i give a shout out to that piece i would uh also i didn't go shopping for many exciting things today um i was looking i had my eye on a composter that I think I'm going to probably end up getting online because it was cheaper on the website. So wow. probably going to do that. But that looked like fun. That's probably something I'm going to get into is composting. Wow, that's exciting. The, a great place for hobbies, the Home Depot. Mostly, yeah, the composting is not I, w- I want to say it's out of an abundance to want to save the environment and do do uh, good things for uh, nature. But it's also because a little part of it is because I don't know when my town picks up green green waste, and I can't be bothered to look it up. So I just think it'd just be easier if I put all my lawn clippings in the compost. I mean, uh, literally, they they every town I've ever lived in, they just post the schedule on the town website. Yeah, I I don't I no, yeah pretty, that's pretty easy. Like but I can also com- if I compost, then I never have to worry about it. Like I already I'm already knowing that like. One day is like garbage and the other day is recycling and that's already kind of throwing me for a loop. I had to write it down and stick it on my refrigerator. So that like adding a third thing to the mix that I have to remember, I think we just maybe just stick with the composting. Now, if your plan to solve all your problems is to just put them in the corner of the yard and ignore them, I don't think it's going to work. That's not a good life strategy. Yeah, but I, I now if I like half eaten food, I can just dump it in the compost, like uh, lawn clippings, compost. Uh, bills you don't want to pay, compost. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say just yeah. Oh, I don't. I never saw that bill. Yeah, tax collectors, compost. Yeah, you can edit that part out so I don't get sued by those <laughs> by, by tax collectors. <laughs> Powerful lobby group. Indeed, uh, Matt. Indeed. But we're not fooling here tonight because not it no is the final week of March Madness, our Matt themed month of Madness. That's right. If you remember correctly, Sean, this this year had a theme. A uh, which I, theme. None of us knew about when the month started. Nope. Not even me. No, this is <laughs> this is because for folks who didn't listen to our past episodes, week one, Matt, you introduced the concept of text-based adventure games uh, uh, online, a long history in technology, but essentially games you play simply by text. We had a lot of fun. Uh, the second week, you came back, uh, and we had to finish our first game. So that was the second week. And the third week, when you were looking to do another topic, you decided to do text-based adventure games again. And now tonight, Matt, we are finishing the quadrilogy we're finishing the month with more you guessed it 
text-based adventure games. Yeah, I, I forgot this is going to be the fourth week of that because we spent two weeks on uh, Dreamhouse or uh, Nighthouse. Nighthouse, yeah. Yeah, we spent we spent two weeks on that. Um, I I still think about that game. Do you? Do you still think about it? No. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. I don't know. I was passing my crawl space last night when I got up to go get water at like 2 a.m. And I was walking past the crawl space and I was like, hey, I wonder if there's a giant spider in there, you know, that has an Atari game and I can I can try to trade with it or something. So I do. I find myself thinking about Nighthouse from time to time. Um, how about our other adventure? Have you thought about uh, have you thought about Pig Lost and and, and Gronk? Yeah, Gronk, Gronk and Pig Lost. Yes, I, that was fun. That was a good time. Those were some uh, char- beloved characters. I would say so. Very one of the one of the most beloved characters introduced since the Eggplant Wizard. Um, trademark copyright. That was our idea first. Nobody else took that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say. Oh, who is our also on our our D and D adventure? Our accountant, our our our, our, our like uh, office worker that we hired. Oh yeah, that. Uh, oh, yes. That guy, he was a beloved character whose name I can't remember, but a beloved character all the same. Yeah. Yes, right? known by reputation alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but since then, I, I feel like... It, Wasn't it Gorg? I think Gorg. Gorg sounds right, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Grunk and uh, and the the, uh, the little gnome, his gnome friend. And the pig. And the pig. And, you gotta yeah. love the pig. The pig had some personality, too. Absolutely. Uh, some great characters in that game that we've introduced and are now part of the Up for Debate family. Matt, are you ready for tonight's game? I'm ready for tonight's game. I'm excited. We will be playing a game called Detective Land. I will be narrating. Matt, you'll be playing. Are you ready to get started? That's right. Sean, you're in the driver's seat. I am, uh, I'm along for the ride and uh, I'm, I'm ready to jump in. Let's jump into some Detective Land. All right, here we go. I'm just going to switch monitors. Here, a little so. bit of background. This game is fairly new in the world of uh, of text adventures. I think it came out in 2015 or 2016, something like that. Uh, it, it tells the story of a um, a a fictional detective in a fictional setting of New Lozago in the year 1929. That's right, Matt. Uh, as I'm looking at the screen here, it says cases solved zero of four. It says you're carrying $10 in money. Let me begin with the narration here. Another working day begins for Lanson Rose, private investigator. I assume that's you. Uh, you've got three clients waiting outside the office. And beyond that, a town full of creeps, clowns, mobsters. And if you know where to look, the occasional honest citizen. When trouble is your business, you're rarely short of work in New Losango. You're, that's the preamble now you're in your office you can see a door reading evisited e terrific a filing cabinet a bookcase and a book titled 1001 detectiving tips on the bookcase um yeah let's read the book is there is there a book in the bookcase there is a book titled 1001 detectiving tips yeah open it up let's read let's read one of the tips as you take it from the shelf, the bookcase pops out from the wall, turning neatly into a foldaway Murphy bed. A photograph flutters out from under the pillow. Look at the photograph. Uh, it just says 
photo photograph of Ruby. Oh, let me look. That's my that's your sweetheart, Ruby. She's a doctor down at the city hospital. Ruby's an angel. Plus, she fixes you up on a quiet on the quiet whenever your work takes a nasty turn. I'm going to stumble a lot here, Matt, and I may end up changing this. This is written in a first person perspective, and I'm narrating in a third person perspective, or really a Got second it. person perspective. Right, well, really, we, can, we can pretend we're just the same person if that makes it easier. Let me take that again. That's my sweetheart, Ruby. She's a doctor down at the city hospital. Ruby's an angel. Plus, she fixes me up on the quiet whenever my work takes a nasty turn. I guess that makes me the detective, but okay. I feel like we need some, like, saxophone music to go in the background. There actually is. I don't have a way to play it on the show, but the game actually does have, like, in the background. All right, so for the folks playing at home, there there is an audio track um, that goes along with this. And and it's very, I, I imagine in my head, it's very noir. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, all right. Um, so, and in my head, I'm I'm trying to make sure that the whole thing is in black and white, and uh, dimly lit. So, okay. Uh, so Ruby is on there. Um, let's see. Can we read the book or no? Is that was that the whole was the book like just there to be a like a prop? Um. No, it was just there to be a prop. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So oh, no, you can read it. Hey, there we go. Okay. I, I'm still figuring out the, this little, uh, you, uh, I flip through the book and an entry catches my eye, your office. It's important to maintain a professional image. So make sure your office has tobacco stained walls, a door with a glass panel with your name on it. So it reads backwards from the inside and ideally a faint smell of bad liquor rents high. So s- so save on some money by living there too. You can get a Murphy bed that folds up into a bookcase, way classier than a mattress under your desk, and the dames love it. Or the guys, <laughs> whatever gums your shoe. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, very good tips. Good tips to be a detective. Um, so I, I'm, I take it we're supposed to just be waiting here for somebody to arrive that's usually in the detective movies well actually what they usually do is they i think they put their shoes on their desk they just kind of like wait and then a then a beautiful dame walks in and has a, a problem so maybe we should do that can we go to the desk and put our feet on it uh well you can uh you have a couple options you can open the file cabinet you can sleep on the murphy bed or you can just wait uh we'll just wait yeah i think think that sounds good time it just says time passes Okay. Okay. We'll just keep waiting. Time passes. Time passes. Time passes. Time passes. Time passes. Was I supposed to do something? What? You can sleep on the Murphy bed or you can open the file cabinet or exit the, the office. Let's, let's see what the file cabinet's about. Some things fall out, including a revolver, a wristwatch, and a flashlight. Oh, take them all. We probably need all those things. They're all taken. Nice. Okay. And now that was in there. Maybe we just had to get that, that stuff from the desk. Okay. Okay. I click, wait, it says time passes, time passes, time passes, time passes. Sleep in the Murphy bed. Why not? Bit early, ain't it? Yeah, I, I think it is a bit early. Open up the desk. Is there anything in the desk? You cannot open up the desk. Okay. I was hoping maybe there'd be like a malt liquor or something. Nope. 
It would right. seem to me like you've exhausted what's in the office. Okay. Can I can I open the door? Uh, you can leave the office, absolutely. Yeah, let's leave the office. Okay, I'm in a dimly lit office building. I can also see a flustered dame, a rat-faced man, a pale young man, and a door reading Private Detective. Hey, that's your door. Okay, let's go over the, the uh, young man. Let's see what he's doing over there. The pale young man. Step into my office, Mr. Disdain, he tells me. Marcus Q. Disdain. He walks inside and I follow. Case opened, colon, a study in squid. Okay. Now there's a little dialogue here. I got some dialogue for you. All right, let's hear the dialogue. Okay. This is so I'm going to adopt a new voice as the detective. Tell me what this is about, I say. You may have heard of me, says Marcus Q. Disdain, taking out a handkerchief and wiping his palms. I'm something of a writer. I specialize in short horror novels. My recent giant space prawn sleep beneath the North Pole won the Incredible Stories Scientific Fiction Award. I'm not much of a reader, I tell him. Why is it that you need my services? My aunt died two months ago, says the guy, and I inherited her old house on 2nd Avenue. I moved in there as it seemed a suitably atmospheric place to work on my new book. But at night, I hear strange noises from downstairs, moans and squelches, and I'm sure that yesterday morning I found the furniture moved. At night, I've been seeing vivid images of squirming tentacles and... You know I'm a P.I. and not a ghost hunter, right? I say. Please, Mr. Rose. I'll take a look, Mr. Disdain. Now, you can ask Mr. Disdain some questions if you'd like. Um, you're in the office with him. Okay. Um, let's see. You want You can ask about it, the house, his aunt, the money, perhaps? Yeah, let's start, with the, uh, let's start with the money. How much money are we talking about in this case? I'll charge $50 now and 50 when I get to the bottom of it, I tell him. That's fine, he says. I-, I just got an advance on a story, you know. He digs inside the pocket of his jacket and pulls out a $50 bill. Great. All right. Take the 50 You got it. You know, $60. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, so uh, tell me about your aunt. Tell me about your late aunt, I prompt the guy. Aunt Acantia was not the generous sort, says Disdain thoughtfully. We never had much of a relationship. In my childhood, I didn't see her often. She worked fishing boats in the Pacific, wasn't on land much of the time, and rarely visited us out in New England. When I did see her, well, I'm sure she didn't like me. Perhaps that's why she left me that liability of a house. Huh. Okay. So, uh, tell me about the house, then. This house you inherited. Can you tell me... Oh, it has a fascinating history, says the guy, mopping a drop of sweat from his forehead. It was built during the great new Lasago Silver Rush, and rumors are that ten miners were left to suffocate in a collapsed tunnel on the land. There's a pre-Columbian campground under the kitchen garden, and suspected witches were executed there by Puritan settlers. During the Civil War, the house was used as a field hospital for creepy orphans with unfinished business in the mortal world, and... He's interrupted. Uh... Where it is, I continue, raising my voice a little. Ah, 
Second Avenue and Nebraska Street, one block south and one block west of here. Okay. Uh, some house. Some house you got there. Um, okay. So I, I guess we ha- kind of have all we need to know, right? Is there like uh, we've got the we've got the story behind with the ant. We've got the story of the house. So uh, can he take us to the house? Uh, well, let's uh, end the conversation and um, exit the office. Uh, would you like to exit the office building? Yeah, let's do it. OK, I'm at Main Street and Third Avenue. You can go north, east, south, or west. That doesn't give you a map, huh? No, but do you remember the instructions he gave you about the house? One block south and one block west of here. Thank you. I did not. Did not. I'm a, I'm a bad detective, Sean. Well, I know I, because I'm cheating because I have all the text in front of me and you don't. Yeah. That's not fair. Take us to that house. One block south, one block west. Okay, so you go south. Yeah. You're at Nebraska Street and 3rd Avenue. A cop car races by with its siren wailing. Now we will go west. Okay, I'm at Nebraska Street and 2nd Avenue in the west side. I can also see a dilapidated house. As I step into West New Losongo, I grit my teeth and start watching my back a little closer. This ain't the fanciest part of town. Okay. Uh, look around for the house. Can we see it? You can see the house. Would you like to enter it? Yeah, let's go in. I try the doorknob and it comes off in my hand. I push the door and it opens reluctantly. I'm in a long hallway with strangely shaped tiles. I can also see a panel in the floor closed. You can go uh, north, east, west, or out of the house. Let's go west. Or try to open the panel in the floor. Try to open the panel in the floor. There's no obvious way to do that. All right, go west. Uh, okay. I'm in a wood-paneled study. I can also see a writing desk, a typewriter on the desk, a statuette of a raven on the desk, and a letter to Marcus Q. Disdain. I hear a creak on the front door. Then Marcus Q. Disdain walks into the room. Okay. Um, ask him about the letter. That's not an option. Read the letter. It reads... Dear Mr. Disdain, thank you for submitting your short story, The Man Who Explored a Creepy Tunnel for Hours and Hours, and Then Something Happened That Was Too Terrible to Describe. The story is several times longer than it needs to be, mainly because of your habit of prefacing every noun with two or three spooky adjectives. You seem to believe that long words are all you need to create atmosphere. In particular, the word cyclopean appears over 200 times in your story. The piece has no plot to speak of, and the coded and not-so-coded racism is a bit much, even for this era. In short, this is just the sort of thing we at Grotesque Tales are looking for. I enclose a handsome advance royalty check, and look forward to receiving more of your work. Sincerely, Finlay Knucklesworth, editor, Grotesque Tales, Louisiana Street and Fifth Avenue, New Losongo. I'm loving loving these uh, Lovecraftian references in here. It's very good. Um, All right. Let's... uh... Let's look at the Raven statue. I wonder if we have a little like Poe reference in there. As I lift the, so you take the statue. As I lift the Raven, I hear a grinding noise from outside the room. Weird. Uh, Can I look underneath the statue? Like, is there any inscriptions on it? No. 
Okay. All right. So it was probably some kind of maybe it opened the panel on the floor. Oh, uh, hey, maybe there you go. That's a good idea. Now, would you like to type? There. On, would you like to yeah, type on the typewriter? There's one thing. Yeah, go to go over the typewriter. Look I at put, that. I punch a few clees. Clickety click click click. Ding. The barrel spins and spits out a sheet of blank paper, which flutters to the floor. Okay. Uh, go. Let's go check out that floorboard. I wonder if lifting the Raven statue did anything. All right. Hmm. You exit the study. Ah, the panel in the floor is open. Boom. And okay. there's a ladder leading down. Uh, before we go in there, just head east. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to it. I just want to see what was in the eastern part of the house. You're in an oblong dining room. You can see a long dining table. No actions available. Okay. Nothing else in there. All right. So that's not very exciting. No. Head north in the house. You're at the north end of a long hallway. You can also see a rusty iron hook on the wall, a crowbar, and an old-fashioned oil lamp hanging on the hook. Take the oil lamp, for sure. Take the crowbar, why not? Okay. Something else, too. I Um, have done that. There's also a rusty hook, you said. It's on the wall, you cannot take it. Can I, like, pull it? No. Okay. Uh, Then let's go back to that, uh, that, that tunnel. I bet we need the lantern. To go down, see, and playing enough of these games, Sean, there's a logic to them. Let's go down the uh, ladder okay. with our required lantern. Uh, okay. Now, you also have a flashlight. Do you want to use the flashlight or an oil lamp? Because we took a flashlight out of the filing cabinet back at the office. Let's use, let's conserve the batteries and we'll use the, uh, the oil lamp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you descend the ladder and you see a cellar door. Okay. Would you like to enter it? Let's enter it. Yeah. Open up that door. You're in a bare cellar. You also see planks nailed over a hole in the wall. Okay. Uh, Examine the planks. Let's see if we can do anything with those. Pry them open or something. And and I should be, I should be clear about how this game is played. I probably should have said this at the offset. This isn't really a text. It's not like an open text where I can type anything. The yeah. game gives you clear buttons for everything. Actually, there's no typing. Notice I haven't typed a single letter. Yeah. So these are just all like option tech click it, clicking them. You're clicking these options. Exactly. And so it says to me, planks nailed over a hole in the wall. And there are no actions for me to take on that. So that's just a description. So, yeah. all right. Um, so it, it wants us to use an item with these planks. Hey, but I there don't you go. We, well, I guess we could use the crowbar. Try Try the crowbar. That's yeah. a good idea. Hey, Why look at not? that. Now there's an option to remove the planks. Do it. Yeah. I, do it. I pry the planks off the wall, revealing a hole in the wall just big enough to squeeze through. Okay. Uh, squeeze through the little hole. I'm in an old tunnel. I can also see a, the hole in the wall you came through. Rusty nails running northwest and an old railway bumper. Railway bumper. Okay. I'm assuming that's probably too big to take. Like, I don't think yes, we can put cannot, that in there. You cannot take it. You can continue northwest down the rusty rails. Yes, let's do that. Uh, you're at now at a slight bend in the tunnel. You can continue to see the rusty nails running north to southeast and an ancient mine cart on rails, which you can ride. Ride it. Absolutely. Always take that option. Ride those rails. 
The wood of the cart groans as I climb uncertainly in. My weight shifts it and the cart moves. It speeds up, rockets northward along the rails, and collides with a spine-shaking smack against an old bumper. I fall out onto the track. Oof. You can see a closed manhole above you. Um, yeah, let's go out. Let's pop open that manhole. The tunnel ceiling is low enough to give it a shove, but it's no good. The manhole won't open from this side. Damn. Okay. Guess that's the end of the line for us here. Yes, you can get back in the cart and return. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep this in mind. We had a nice little ride, a little adventure. You can also Hmm. now before you go back in the house, you can also go east. Stay in the tunnel. Okay, we'll go east then. You're in a stinking sewer. You can see a puddle of ink and a warning sign on the wall. The sign reads New Losango Department of Sanitation. Dangerous area. No unauthorized personnel. You can continue east. No, I I think I'm good. I think we'll I think we'll go back. Okay. Uh, Maybe we'll come back here if we maybe if we really need to. But I think there's probably some more stuff in the house we haven't gotten to yet. Okay, so I will back out of the cellar and up into the house. But uh, you basically examined the whole house. There wasn't there wasn't anything to the north. Like I was hoping maybe when we went north, you went north from the dining room and not north from the main the main hallway. Each of the rooms you went in have nowhere else to go. Okay. But All the right. direction in which you went. Now, would you like to ask Marcus Q. Destain about the tunnel? I would. I would definitely like to do that because he's hanging out here, right? He's in the office. You know, there's an old tunnel under this house, I say. Yes, so I've been told. It's from an old silver mine. I guess they used it to move the ore straight out to the city docks. Okay. Uh, can I ask any other questions for him? Okay. Well, now... We know he's aware of it. I guess we're going back to the sewers. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Adventure here. I love it. All right. You continue east past the sign. You're in a stinking maze of sewers all alike. You see a disembodied tentacle. Wow. You can also go uh, what would be north, east, south, up, or return west. I'm going to take the tentacle for you. Taken. Yes. I nearly stepped in something. Yuck. Okay. What are we what are we investigating again? I know that like he he got this mansion, but what is he what is the problem with it? His aunt his aunt beque- bequeathed him this mansion. Yeah, and it's right? just spooky and spooky shit happens. What are we investigating? Why, why the spooky events are happening? I guess we're like yeah, a basically. paranormal detective. Okay. Yeah, basically. All right, cool. Let's uh let's go up. Okay. I cl- you I climb up a I climb a metal ladder up a twisting passage and emerge from a small manhole which closes invisibly under me. I'm at Ohio and 3rd Avenue. I can also see hospital, phone booth and a yellow cab. All right, back down. You cannot go back down. Really? Yes. Okay, uh, go over to the yellow cab. Okay, uh, you can hail the cab, call a taxi from the phone booth, or enter the hospital, or go north, east, or west. Hail the cab. The cab stops and you get in. There's a surly cabbie you can talk to. 
you can ask him to take you to your office, the police department, the hospital, the disdain house, the publisher's offices, or end the conversation. Take me to the disdain house. The cab pulls up. I pay the fare and get out. You're now back at the house. How much did that cost me? One dollar. Oh, wow. That is a, an economic cab. Nice. Okay. So we've got $59 now. Yes. All right. Um, let's head back down to the sewer, and, and this time we won't go up. I didn't know you can't go back down once you've gone up. Okay. What direction would you like to go other than so, west, which returns you? Uh, let's go east. You're still in a maze of sewers and see a puddle of ink, but that's it. Doesn't actually take you anywhere. Let's go north. Uh, okay. You're still in a stinking maze. You go south. Yeah, just keep saying you're in a maze of sewers all alike. Dang. I feel like we're missing something here. Well, maybe you need to remember the uh, manhole cover you got to. You couldn't open. Right. Maybe I should use a tool on that. Like maybe if I like go up, go to the manhole from the top and open it from the top. Uh, I think. Hmm. If you think about the tunnel, right, when you got in it and went in the mine cart. It went north and northwest. Right. So maybe we should go above and see the manhole cover from above and see if you can open it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea. Okay, so let's go northwest north. So I'm going to leave the. Okay, it's hard not... work being a being a detective these days. Well, now you're lost in the sewers. So I. So now you're back at Louisiana Street and Sixth Avenue. Um. I was intrigued by the publisher's house. I wonder if we went there. Maybe they could give us a little bit more information about our client. Okay. Since he's an author, like he keeps he keeps writing things to them, and they seem to like him. You want to try uh, that? Yeah, let's let's uh maybe they'll give us more information. Who knows? Okay, you enter the publisher's office. It's the uh I'm in the swanky offices of a publishing company. I can also see receptionist. Talk to the receptionist. What would you like to ask her about? Finlay Knucklesworth or Marcus Q Disdain? Marcus Q Disdain. I'm doing some work for one of your firm's authors, I tell the receptionist. Marcus Q. Disdain, do you know him? Gee, there are so many, she says. She pauses. Wait, the space prawns guy? Yeah, I've seen him in here. Odd sort. Mr. Knucklesworth seems to have taken a liking to him. All right. Uh, what can I ask now? About Mr. Knucklesworth. Yeah, who is, who, I don't know who that is, but yeah, ask, let's ask about he's, Mr. Knucklesworth. He's the editor of the publication. Oh, okay. I'm here to see Mr. Knucklesworth, I say. The receptionist looks unconvinced. Do you have an appointment? Yes, I answer a little too quickly. She gets up and knocks on the door to a side office. It opens and a tall, middle-aged guy emerges. 
This man says he's here to see you, the dame tells him, and sits back down. You go to talk to Finlay. The publisher looks looks me up and down. I'm a busy man, but I'll give you five minutes, he snaps. What do you want? I'm okay. I'm I I struggle very hard with switching voices. I'm interested in your professional relationship with Marcus Q. Disdain, I say. Whatever trouble he's in, I got nothing to do with it, says Mr. Knucklesworth briskly. The late Miss Acantia Disdain has on, I believe, bequeathed this firm a large sum of money on condition that we publish his terrible stories. She was keen for him to move into her old house in this city so it wouldn't get bought up and renovated or whatever. I'm sure you'll find I've acted within the law at all times. Interesting. Interesting. And yeah, the plot thickens. Yep. So you bought the the manor. Or he bought the tunnel. He bought the tunnel, right? Underneath no. the manor? No. So what happened was the, the hint here is I think that his aunt did not want anyone else to own the house other than her nephew, which is why she basically bribed the publication and gave him the house. She didn't want it bought up or renovated probably uh, because of the secret okay. tunnels in the basement. Right. Okay. So the plot definitely is, is uh, definitely thickening, thickening now. All right. Um, what, what other questions can I ask him? That's it. Okay. And, you, um, and you've exhausted the office. All right. I guess we'll thank him for his time. And we will uh, we will depart. You're now on Louisiana Street and Fifth Avenue. All right. You can walk around or hail a cab. Uh, yeah, I have no idea how far away our... Uh, Houses, yeah. Let's just hail a cab. Why not? If they're a dollar a piece, then why? We'll just we'll just do that. <laughs> okay. Where would you like to go? Uh, let's go back to the. Uh... I kind of want to go back to the manor, but the other option was hospital or police department or your office. Let's go to the police department. See if they they you know it's all about it's all about collecting information. It's all about uh, putting putting the pieces together. You're now at Nebraska Street and 4th Avenue. You can see the police department, a phone booth, and the yellow cab. A boy clatters past on a bicycle. I assume you want to enter the police department. Can I wave to the boy on the bicycle? No. Well, I mean, you can virtually, but it doesn't impact the story. Okay. All right. Uh, let's, let's go in the offices. Okay. You're at the front desk of a police department. You can see Officer Garraway and a cell door. You can talk to the officer or enter the cell. Talk to the officer. There is nothing for you to ask him about. Enter the cell. It's locked. <sighs> what? You're, you're striking out, Matt. This is this is hard. This would is a you, tough game. Would you like a um, hint? Yeah. I know all the answers. Sort of. I know some aggressive hints for you. Would you like one? Uh, Not yet, because I, I think the only option right now is to... Either go to the hospital or go to that manhole cover and try to, like, pry it open. Okay. Which one of those top. did I suggest? The manhole cover one. Okay. Because the hospital one I don't think would be any use here. Yeah. But we have to find the manhole again, right? I don't remember what street it was on. Well, we never knew what street it was on. We just knew it was northwest and north. Of our... Oh, of the okay. manor. Of the manor. So do you have... On your display, do you have, like, a map that has, like, 
The city? Okay. Well, I guess we just go to the manor and go northwest. Um, okay. So let's just do that. T- take the cab to the manor and uh, head north-northwest. Good idea. Okay. So, let's go west. Uh, you're now on Nebraska Street and 1st Avenue. You can see an o- ocean stretching away to the west. You can't go west anymore, so we'll go north. We'll go north again. You're at, you're now at Louisiana Street and 1st Avenue. So you're sort of noticing now 1st Avenue is all the way against the beach, and we've gone through a couple states. Uh, and there's a dockyard you can enter. Enter the dockyard. You're in the new Lasango dockyard. You can see shipping containers, a fishing boat, and a manhole. Open that manhole. Or you can enter the fishing boat. Well, that does seem kind of cool. I think <laughs> now let's enter the manhole. <laughs> All right, manhole it is. Fishing boat. Fishing detective. You can't get a grip on the cover with your fingers. Use the crowbar. Super useful. Okay, you pry it open with the crowbar. So now it's an open manhole. Let's uh, jump in it. You're at the end of an old tunnel. You can see rusty rails running south, an old railway bumper, and an open manhole above you, but there's no cart, and all you can do is walk south under the tunnel or go back up. So is this... Was this the area we were in before? No. Yes, this is where the minecart landed, but then you took the minecart back when you returned, so the cart isn't here. So we just basically opened up like a shortcut. Yeah. To the, yeah. Yeah. Let's go up there and let's let's uh, take a look at that fishing boat. You're on a fishing boat moored at the city docks. You can see an old sailor, an ocean stretching away to the west, and interestingly, a puddle of ink. You can talk to the old sailor. Chat with the sailor. You can ask him about the boat or about the ink. Uh, first, I want to ask about the boat. Nice boat, I say. She's called the Prawn Mary Rose, says the sailor with pride. Ninety years in the water, been to every shore of every country on the globe, done the full circle three times. Me and my partner had some great times on here back in the day. You can now ask about the partner as well. Ask about the partner. Where's your partner now, I ask. The old sailor's eyes missed up. Econita passed away a few months back. I've been running the operation without her because it's what she would have wanted, but it ain't the same. Now, you can also ask about Marcus Cudestain and the tunnels in addition to the ink. So did, let's ask about the ink first. What's this puddle of ink doing here, I ask? That's ink from a gargantuan squid, says the sailor. They squirt it all over the place. Well, no saying you heard it for me, but there's a demand, a very lucrative demand for those creatures from... Certain powerful men. They wouldn't say what they want them for, but they're a protected species, see? So let's say I can't... So just say we can't stroll through customs with a crateful. Interesting. Okay. Uh, now ask about uh, Marcus Q. Disdain. This a- this ain't Kanita, I say. Maybe she... Would she maybe be related to Marcus Q. Disdain? Horror writer, googly eyes... That's her no-good nephew, says the sailor with a hump. She left him in a house in town because she knew he'd never do it up. He'd probably think it was atmospheric or whatever. Then we'd just keep on using the tunnels too. She appears to remember herself. Hey, 
Why are you asking so many questions anyway? Wow. We, you, can, uh, you can ask about the tunnels as well. Uh, yeah, ask her about the tunnels. You mentioned tunnels, I say. Did I? Must have had a reason to tell you. Here's the old mine railroad. That's easy. Then there's the sewers. You'll get lost without a map, though. Oh, hell, you look trustworthy. Here you go. She takes a map out of a pocket and hands it to you. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Um, I, I guess that's it. Thank you. Okay. That's you for nothing the else to ask the sailor. Uh-huh. Uh, would you like to read the map? Yeah. Yeah, let's open it up. Check it out. Yep, this looks easy enough. As long as I've got this to look at, I reckon I could find my way through the city sewers. No problem. Let's get back to those sewers. Very cool. All right, let's go down the open manhole uh, and let's head south. Um. Okay, I'm just returning you to where you were. Okay, so you're back at the warning sign. Okay. And now you're back where you you can go north, east, southwest, or up. We we don't want to go up. Don't want to go up. Uh, I think we've been east from there, haven't we? Yeah, let's go east, because I think that's where, I think that's what led led me into the, the labyrinth. Uh, it just says, I'm in a stinking maze of sewers all alike. Now let's open the map while we're down there. If I read the map, it says, ah, so I go a long ways, left a ways, right a ways, then this away, then that away, and here I am. You're back at the warning sign on the wall. Okay, now read the map again. It, you, you oh, sorry, I meant to... Uh, yeah, you just keep, son of a bitch, sorry, I clicked the wrong thing. Yeah, you just keep going back and forth between the sign on the wall and, um, oh, another area with planks nailed over a hole in the wall. Okay, let's pick up the crowbar and remove it. Yeah, crowbar that. And you enter it. Okay, I'm in a, I'm in a large basement room with an aquarium along one wall. You can see an aquarium and a strange looking lamp on the desk, which you can light. Light the lamp. Okay, it's lit. A bright purple glow emanates from the ball, bathing the room in an odd light. I hear a hissing from the aquarium. Would you like to look at the aquarium? Sure. I move over to the aquarium and keep it as still as possible. It takes me a minute, but I realize this isn't the whole aquarium. This is just a window onto an enormous tank extending away above this room and longer way below it. As I watch, a great sucker-covered tentacle flits across the foreground, and I make out the shape of a monstrous, many-armed form propelling itself through the water back before, uh, before it vanishes back into the mark. The gargantuan squid, a true wonder of nature, says a voice behind me. I turn, and I'm face-to-face with a 50-something man in a business suit and a neat overcoat. Uh, who are you? 
How's business, Mr. Rose? Asks the man. I hear bubbling from the aquarium. You can ask the man about himself, the room, or the squid. Uh, well, let's ask him about himself. Kind of want to know who this guy is. I square up to the guy. Who are you and how do you know my name? Come now, Mr. Rose, says the guy. Don't you have an interest in politics? I just vote for whoever's doing the least to fight crime, I say. That's my livelihood, you know. Well, let me introduce myself. George Manhattan Brinkman. I happen to be a U.S. senator. And as for how I know you, well, it's part of my job to know things about people and for them to not know how I know. You hear bubbling from the aquarium. Ask about the squid. What can you tell me about this uh, gigantic squid, I ask? Gargantuan, he corrects me. Reclusive animal. Lives in the mid-Pacific at almost inaccessible depths, somewhere near Tangaroa. Apex predator. Feeds on large fish. Small whales and the occasional unlucky sailor. Amazing creature. I wouldn't get too attached to this one, though. We're harvesting him tomorrow. Harvesting him? For his meat? Brinkman shakes his head. They taste about as disgusting as they look, but what they're useful for is their ink. Okay. Uh, what was the third question? Ask about the ink. Okay, let's ask about the ink. What's so important about the ink, I say? Oh, it's a very special ink, says the guy. They live so far down under the ocean, there's practically no light, so it's invisible, see? He pulls a sheet of blank paper from an inside pocket of his overcoat. The next few decades are going to be very interesting, Mr. Rose. As you may be aware, this country has its enemies. The Russians, the Germans, the Japanese, and even subversive elements right here in America. We all need to keep secrets from each other. So our guys pass around papers in the invisible ink of the gargantuan squid. Looks blank. Till you put it under one of these. It's called an ultraviolet lamp. He places the paper under a strange-looking lamp. The purple glow emanates from the bulb. On the paper in the man's hand, I can just make out the outline of a building and the words Kami HQ before he folds it lengthwise and puts it in his pocket. Impressive, I say. But is it worth wiping out a species for? It's them or us, Mr. Rose. Now, you can also ask him about the room. Yeah. Uh, what about this room here? Especially, you got a nice uh, purple light that you got there. What is this place? Nowhere, he replies sharply. This room doesn't exist, and you and I are not having this conversation, Mr. Rose. Any rumors you may hear about a secret intelligence base below the new Lasongo Lydia Hall are entirely unfounded. You understand <laughs> me, he adds, but it's not a question. Uh, of course. Of course I understand you. Um... All right. Uh, Matt, I guess I'll be going now. I'm going to offer you one thing. So you may remember, and this is, again, I can see the screen. You can't. You may remember uh, back when we saw the typewriter in the mansion, there was a sheet of paper in the typewriter. I oh, took yes. Okay. By the purple light, I can make out the cursive handwriting on the paper. Dear Skipper, well, the doctors have told me I've got a few months. I could spend them with you, but if I'm going to be alone for eternity... I may as well start getting used to it. There's parts of the world I haven't seen, mostly inland, so I'm going trekking for a while, and I may be some time. I left my house to my nephew Marcus and pulled strings to make sure he keeps it so you can carry on using the tunnels. He'll be too dumb to notice. Now, Skipper, I've never been one for expressing my emotions freely, 
but the years that you and I spent together, well, they were nice, I guess. I saved up a bit of wealth over the decades, but a priest told me you can't take it with you, which came as a bit of a shock. So I suppose you can have it. I hid some treasure in the house. See you when I see you, Aki. Ooh, treasure. Okay. All right. Um, I guess we should probably leave and go tell the nephew about this. I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go back and tell the nephew. Yep. So you go back into the sewer. Uh, you would want to go. We'll go up, and we'll take the cab to the Disdain House. And what room did we leave him in? Ah, there he is. He's still in the study. Let's talk to him. Would you like to talk to him about... So you can ask him about the treasure, uh, or you can tell him about smuggling. Uh, first, tell him about the smuggling. I think he, he probably would want to know about that. I may have gotten to the bottom of your mystery, Mr. Disdain. It seems those old tunnels under your house are being used to illegally smuggle squid. Disdain looks nonplussed. Why, he says. They're ink, apparently. Makes a good invisible ink for the cloak and dagger guys and national security. I tell him all about the tunnels, the secret basement, the senator. Case closed. A study in squid. Marcus Q. Disdain's eyes widen an impressive feat. Fascinating, he says. Squid, spies, secret tunnels. This story has it all. I may base my next... Uh, well, thank you, Mr. Rose. I'll let them keep smuggling, of course, and now I'll be able to listen to those strange noises at night, knowing I'm doing my part for the country. Can't let American fall to the commies for the sake of a few stupid squids, eh? Here's your money, Mr. Rose, plus a tip. He hands over $60. Another satisfied client. I guess I should get on with some other cases. What about the treasure that's in the house? It removed the option to talk to him about it. We can try to explore the house a little bit farther. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's uh, look around for the treasure. As I click around, uh, I don't know where else it would be because I, I feel like we've explored most of the house. Dang. I agree. I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of that. Oh well. Um, Maybe uh, maybe somebody out there who's played this game might might tell us where the... I'll look it up later, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, I can tell you, Matt, again, I have certain steps and answers, and the point is not to find... You, you don't need to find the treasure. All right. We, so, we, I mean, we solved the case. That's... Uh, yes. Yes, you did. That's the main thing. All right. Exactly. I'm happy with that. Um, I'll take it. I thought... I just thought maybe that the treasure was like, an, like a bonus objective, like a like an additional objective that would give you lots of money. But it seems like money is not really that useful in this game. Every cab ride is a dollar, so mm -hmm. can't really do that. Um, all right, so should we, should we do another case? Oh, absolutely. Do you, uh, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want me to take the, the, the driving on this one and you want to participate? I don't know how you would do that. I have the website up here. Well, but... We already have a bunch of established stuff. Oh, does that all carry over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, then. All right. I'll keep going. Um, I thought each one of these was like a standalone adventure. No. No, it's because it's case one of four, and now you've got to solve all four. Right. 
I'm assuming that they all they all correspond with the people in your office. So like like if you talk to the crying dame, she'll start the next case. That's right. Or the rat faced man. And the rat faced man. Uh I guess um Hmm. Yeah, let's go back to HQ. Okay. And uh let's chat with the uh, the crying dame. Step into my office, miss. Miss I okay, I need a good lady's so hang on. Mrs. McDonald, she says smoothly. She steps in and I follow. Case opened. Colon, the big pickle. It's my husband, says the dame. He's been missing five days now. Please find him, Mr. Rose. I've heard you're the, well, I've heard you're a detective. Now you can ask Mrs. McDonald about uh, her husband, her home, another woman, and of course the money for the case. Well, we got to start with the money for the case. We got to ask for that up front, so. Now my fees, I began. A hundred now and a hundred when you finish, said Mrs. McDonald, giving me a crisp bill. That's twice what I would have taken. I try not to let her see that. Yeah, we got to keep you got to keep the poker face going. You know, you got to you got to expect that you're a successful detective in this town and you have a reputation to maintain. So let's ask her about the uh, the other woman. Uh, let's see another woman. Please don't take this the wrong way, I say. But the usual reason when a husband goes missing, Mrs. McDonald shakes her head. Not Gilbert. He wouldn't do that to me. Besides, no other woman would have him. Why not? Let's ask about the husband. Tell me a little. T- tell me a little bit more about your husband. I say he's he's Professor Gilbert McDonald. She says, you know, the food scientist runs a lab at Corndale College. We've been married six years. I last saw him when he left for work five days ago. You can ask about their home or her husband's work. Uh, let's ask about their. Let's ask about her work. His work. His work. What's what's what does he do? Can you tell me any more regarding your husband's work at Corndale? I say to her, he's worked there for 20 years since long before I met him. For the last three years, he's been working on a top secret project. He never told me anything about it. He just kept saying he was on a something big. All right. Um, how about your home? What's your home like? Where do you and the professor live? I ask. In Princely Heights. By Louisiana Street. Here, she says. She takes out a sheet of notebook paper and a fountain pen, writes an address, and hands me the paper. Okay. Um, that's. I think that's all the information we need, right? Let's, I think uh, that is all the information we need. Let's go there. Let's go to uh, Louisiana Heights, which uh, I believe we've been to before. That's cl- It's kind of close to the docks, right? Yeah, would you want to walk there or call a taxi? We're rich now. Call that cab. Okay. <laughs> we are going to go. You have added two new locations, Corndale College and the McDonald House. We'll go to the McDonald House. Hmm. I'm at Louisiana Street and Princely Boulevard in Princely Heights. I can see mansions and the McDonald House. Let's enter the house. I'm in the foyer of a nice house. You can see a carpeted staircase up, and you can also go north on the first floor. Um, go north on the first floor. We'll take it one floor at a time. 
You're in a spacious parlor. You can see an armchair and a radio set, which you can tune. Tune that radio. You tune the radio to a different station. I just keep hitting to, oh, look, I, keep, I kept tuning it until something happened. I hear the front door open, and a moment later, Mrs. McDonald walks into the room. She gives me a resigned look. Why, come in, Mr. Rose. Show yourself around. Okay. Uh, keep tuning the radio. Nothing continues to happen. All right. But in uh, the parlor, you can go. Uh, you can go east now, or okay. go back. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go to the new the new spot. You're in a huge kitchen. You can see Mrs. McDonald, who walked in here. A cooking stove, a refrigerator, and a kitchen cupboard, which you can open. The refrigerator too. Open it up. Let's uh, open the refrigerator. Something falls out. It's a bell jar labeled Prototype 2. You can take it or open it. Open it. Something falls out. A weird round sandwich. You can take it. Take it. Take this weird sandwich. Okay. Take the jar. Now, uh, I'm going to have you open the cover cupboard. Inside is a can of turpentine. You can read the can or you can take it. Uh, read it. It reads, Handy Hanks, oil of turpentine. Useful for thinning or stripping paint. Warning, toxic. Take it. Okay. Uh, now you can only go west out of the kitchen. Okay, leave the kitchen. Uh, was there anywhere else on the first floor or just upstairs? Just upstairs. Let's go upstairs. You're on an upstairs landing. You can go north or south. North. You're in a dusty bedroom. You can see a single bed, a mahogany wardrobe, a work desk with drawers, and a bust of Louis Pasteur on the desk. Uh, now, if I know anything about text adventure games, I'm going to lift that bust and it's going to do something. So let's go over there. You cannot do that. You can open Dang. the wardrobe or open the work desk. All right. Open up the uh, desk. What's, what's he got in his desk? Some things fall out, including a crossword puzzle book, a tobacco pipe, and a pouch of tobacco. I will take all three. Yes. Okay. In the uh, wardrobe, you find a tweed jacket with elbow patches, which I also take. Okay. Now, would you like to ask Mrs. McDonald, who just walked in the room, about that weird round sandwich? Yeah, I would. I, got, I can read your mind. I know what you yeah, think. I'm, I'm interested in knowing more about the sandwich. What do you call that weird round sandwich I saw in your refrigerator? I have no idea. Some piece of science my husband's working on, perhaps. Okay. Okay, so it's a, an experiment. Um, what else was in the desk? Anything else that was interesting? No? Okay. Um, let's open up the closet. Uh, we did. We did. There's nothing else to do in that room, uh, but you can go into the other room on the second story. Yeah, let's do that. Now you go from the dusty bedroom to the neat bedroom. It, it includes a single bed, a vanity table with drawers, and a pine wardrobe. Much more, a lot more things to open up in here. Let's begin opening them up one by one. All right. You open the pine wardrobe. It contains a cocktail dress. You take it. I don't know why. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but you took it. Might, might, might have some kind of a need for it later. All right. When you, open um, the, when you open the vanity table with drawers, out falls a periodic table of the elements, a scientific journal, and a handwritten notebook. 
read in the notebook. See if we got any notes in there. Uh, you cannot read the notebook. You can only take it. Oh, no, you can read the notebook. Sorry, let's read it. Okay. The notebook is full of handwritten calculations and chemical formulas that I can't make heads nor tails of. There are enough exclamation marks and circled bits that it must be something exciting, to the right people anyway, and the handwriting. That's Mrs. McDonald, same as on the note paper she wrote her address on. Weird. Okay. She let's ask her about that, I think. Take the notebook, and when we go see her next time, we'll bring it up. Okay. Is it, I think there was there anything else to look at in here? That was the room. Okay. Let's go talk to Mrs. McDonald about this weird notebook that she wrote in. You cannot ask her about it. What? All right. Can we take the notebook out and use it, like, use with her? Like, give her a notebook? No. No. At this point, it is strictly a suspicious clue. Very suspicious. I'm I'm very intrigued by that. Why was she writing scientific formulas? Uh, All right. Let's, I guess we go to the college next. Uh, well, let's, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't read this right. I miss these little things. You can ask her about science. Ask her about science. Forgive me, but I took a peep at your drawers. Been taking an interest in the professor's work, have you? I guess you may well know. He's no scientist. Barely knows the difference between monoglyceride and phospholipid. The college board gave him the job as a courtesy because his old man funded the place. He gets a lab to sit in and do crossword puzzles. I can tell you, I can tell you've been wondering why I married him. That's why. Those antiques would never employ a woman scientist. So I get to do my research and publish it under his name. What difference does it make anyway? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Not much of a chemist myself. What are you working on anyway? Never you mind, she snaps. It's not relevant. Okay. Um, so the plot thickens now. I, I guess we should probably take our trip to the college and see uh, what's uh, going on with the lab. If the husband is not the one working there and it's the, the, the dame, then um, I think we'll, we'll probably find some things there that we'll need to, to, uh, to answer. I think that's a great plan. You enter the college campus. You see college students, who you can talk to, a dorm building, an open window on the second floor, a white painted flagpole that you can climb, or you can go north or south. Okay. I want to put... Okay. <laughs> Hear me out on this. Uh-huh. Take the, the cocktail dress out. Okay. Put it on, and then okay. climb up the flagpole. It says, uh, you try and wear it. It's not really my color. Oh, come on. All right. I thought that'd be fun. Okay. Um, then I, I the climb it. Climb the flagpole. I, I don't know why it, why it lets you, gives you that option, but. you try, I try to climb the pole, but the paint's too slippery. The college students laugh. Take out that turpentine and strip the paint. Oh, look at you. I don't know what, why we're doing this, but. <laughs> I rub some turpentine onto the flagpole. The white paint runs off, leaving a rough wooden surface. You try and climb. The rough wood is perfect for climbing. Up I go. I'm up a flagpole on a college campus. I can also see dorms and an open window on the second floor. I make it to the top of the flagpole and sit down to get my to get my breath. The eyes of college students below goggle up at me. Gee whiz, says a dapper senior with slicked back hair. 
That bird's sitting on a flagpole. He's invented a new craze. A senior runs out to the phone booth on the street and dials. Hey, shipwreck, it's your cousin, Marvin Kelly. You know that new pointless fad you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. Hey, let's all find flagpoles to sit on, puts in a sophomore with a crimson journey. The college students disperse, whooping cheerfully. You invented flagpole sitting. I invented flagpole sitting. That's something we talked about on a very episode of Up for Debate. Okay. Um, you can go down the flagpole or open the dorm window or enter the open dorm window on the second floor. Yeah, enter that. I, I bet that that whole thing seemed like it was a ploy to just get me to see that there was an open dorm window. Uh, so let's it, do that. It's too far to reach from here. Did we climb down the flagpole first? Well, no, you can't reach the second floor window from the top of the pole. It's no, I know. But like, yeah, oh, you went down? I thought maybe it said you can't reach it because we're at the top of a flag, the flagpole. No, you can't get in that window no matter what. All you can do is go north and south on the campus or enter the dorm building. I'm guessing we're probably going to have to find a ladder and use that to climb up and enter the dorm window that way. So... Let's go north on the campus and see what we find there. Oh, that actually exits the college campus. No, we don't want to do that. Let's go south, south to the science building. Yeah, head, head south. Okay, you want to enter the building? Mm-hmm. You're in the lobby of a science building. You can see a row of staff mailboxes, Professor McDonald's mailbox, and faculty photographs on the wall. You can open the mailbox or look at the photographs. Uh, let's look at the photographs. See who who's on there. A row of tweedy old white men with stern academic faces peer down at me from the wall. One of them, pretty much indistinguishable from the others, is labeled G. McDonald, Professor of Food Science, Laboratory 9D. Okay. Good to know. Let's read their mail. The mailbox is locked. Okay. So we got a couple well, we things. Try it. You want to see if we can open it with the crowbar? You cannot. Yeah, I, guess, I guess so. It's worth a no. shot. No, you can't. probably just need a key that we'll probably find. So let's go. Let's go find his lab. Nine D. Okay. okay. Uh, hey, you found it. You're in a trashed laboratory. You see smashed glassware and a cracked chalkboard. You read the chalkboard. It's been snapped in two. One of the halves, the top, I think, has been scuffed out in whatever struggle took place. In the bottom corner of the other. In a bottom corner of the other half is chalked in an untidy hand. Prototype one blew up. Prototype two taken home for further study. Prototype two is the sandwich. That's right. Okay. Uh, oh, you can eat the sandwich. I just clicked yeah. that. You want to you eat the weird round sandwich? It would probably kill me. <laughs> if the first one blew up, then uh, the second. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how safe that'll be. Um, I'm gonna. All right, what else is what's in this lab that we can looking like grab? There really isn't anything. Really, I thought maybe there'd be a key or a ladder to get up to that other room. Nope. So we gotta not... get into that dorm room. I don't know why, but it's the, pointed out the window is open. So, all right, so sandwich. Can I put the sandwich anywhere or do anything with it in here? Just eat it. No, there's nothing to do here. We really got to get in that mailbox. 
Right, but we need a key, and I, that's why I was hoping maybe the key would be in in, uh, in this room, because it wasn't at his house. Did we get? We didn't get a key, right? No. Do you want to enter the college dorm? Yes. Okay. Uh, you're in a college dorm. You see bunk beds and and a mess. I think that's more of a mess hall. Um, you can go up. Yeah. Now you're on the second floor. You see bunk beds and mess. So we're up where the open where the open window was, right? On the second floor? Yes. Can we go over to the open window? No. What happened was, Matt, I'm going to jump in here and give you a little bit of a hand. You actually helped us go right past what would have been a very fun thing. All the students outside the college, if you had just tried to enter the dorm, they would have stopped you because you didn't look enough like a professor. So you would have had to have worn the professor's jacket and started smoking his pipe. What? Uh, as a way to sort of distract them and get past the college students. But I didn't need to do that because I flagpole sat. Flagpole sitting, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's that's nothing- why there's no, there are no students around. They're all off sitting on flagpoles. All right. There's nothing else for you to do uh, at the uh, at the. Uh, at How the do house. you get the jacket? Where's the jacket from? It, it came out of his closet. At the house, remember? Is he there, can we search the pocket of the jacket? No. There's nothing in there? All right. Um, I just put, you put it on. You're wearing it now. Okay. okay. Uh, is there a third floor of this dorm? No, there's nothing else you can do on the college campus. So then what? why Why did this building exist? Why, why did we even come in here? Well, you got to find the key. Right. I would think the key would be in here, but it's... But it's not. No, you need more what information. Are what are we missing? I, I don't know. Is there is there somewhere you could find more information? That's not the college campus. Maybe at a different location. The police station. The publisher's house. No, maybe maybe someone to to talk to. Uh. See if maybe his wife knows where the key is. I guess, yeah, we could we could probably do that. Considering she does all the work and would have to correspond and read the mail. That's true. That is true because it's actually her. Yeah, she's the she's the actual scientist. All right, so let's go back to the house and talk to Mrs. McDonald, Doctor McDonald. Gotta see what room she's in here. All right. Oh. Uh. Okay. Ask her about the sandwich again. Okay. Now, about- now that you now that you've learned, it might blow up. Yeah. Let's try this again, I say. What is this weird sandwich? All right. It's called a hamburger. A revolutionary advancement in culinary technology. One cow can be ground up into 8,000 of these. They can be cooked in 45 seconds and eaten in less. We're about to enter a new era, Mr. Rose, the era of fast food. Ah. Stuffy restaurant meals will be a thing of the past. No more lounging around making idle chat with your friends while you wait for your supper. No more obsequious waiters. No more pretentious menus. 
Just get in, eat your damn hamburger, and get out. (laughs) I see, I say. And was everybody as thrilled about this fast food revolution as you? Well, no, she says. Gilbert got some hate mail. Chefs, restaurateurs, food snobs, jealous. You don't think that might have something to do with his disappearance? This hate mail, I say. You could have mentioned it earlier. I'd be interested to read it. He said he just left it in his pigeonhole at work. Here, I'll give you a key. She rummages uh, and pulls out a small mailbox key and hands it to you. Nice. Okay, good. Good stuff. Uh, Let's go back and read that mail. Okay. Uh, As I click through all the buttons to get back to the college campus. Uh, Science building mailbox. The key fits and the mailbox opens. Some things fall out, including a wad of hate mail and a crumpled restaurant menu. Uh, We read read the mail. This is a bunch of hate mail addressed to Professor McDonald of Corndale College. I pick out a note written in neat capital. It reads, Dear Professor McDonald, I hope you choke on your own hamburger. Screw you, disgusted of New Lasongo. Nice. They hate this guy. Oh, there's there's more. Dear so-called professor, your fast food will be the slow death of my business. Faithfully disgusted in New Lasongo. <laughs> and there's there's another one from the same guy. It's in a note written in letters cut out of magazines. Dear so-called professor, your research is an abomination. There are some things mankind was not meant to cook. Sincerely disgusted of new Losongo. Uh people are very disgusted with uh this this new uh invention. Yep. Anything else interesting in the mailbox? Well, there's a restaurant menu. You uncrumple it to read it. As I do so, an iron key falls out and clatters to the floor. This is the menu of the Italian restaurant on Main and 4th, specializing in something called pizza. It looks quite appetizing. Okay. So this is some kind of... Did they have pizza in 1929? I thought maybe they did already. Okay. Um, Yeah, all right. Let's... uh... Let's go. Let's go visit that pizzeria. Is there anything else we can do in here? Probably not. Yeah. No, grab- I, I took the um, I took the key, the iron key. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what we need that for. But yes. Yeah, so let's go visit the Italian restaurant. I'm at Main and Fourth Avenue. I can see an Italian restaurant. So I'm going to enter it. Uh, I'm in an Italian restaurant. I also see pizza chef, tables, chairs, and a utility closet. You can talk to the pizza chef or buy a pizza from him. You can also open the utility closet. Open the utility closet. Hey! Hey, cries the chef. What's the matter? You got no respect? Stay out of Tony's closet. (laughs) All right, go over and buy some pizza from him first. I pay the chef $1.50. I'd like to order a pizza, I say. The man's eyes light up. Certainly, signore, he says. You get cheese, tomato, and up to three extra toppings. What do you want? Matt? You can say artichoke, beef, black olives, chicken, corn, eggplant, garlic, green bell pepper, green olives, ham, hot sauce, chilies, mushrooms, onion, oregano, pineapple, red bell pepper, shrimp, spicy salami, or spinach. Wow. There are so many options. Um, Corn is a disgusting option to have on pizza, for the record. I agree. Uh, That was the only one out of all those that sounded a little weird. 
So I'm going to say it. Why not? Corn. I want corn on the pizza is one topping. A personal favorite, says the chef. What else? Uh, shrimp. Why not? Delicioso, says the chef. And, <laughs> and uh, spinach. Spinach. You wait 10 minutes, signore. Says the chef and disappears into the kitchen. Now, would you like to try to open the utility closet while he's distracted? Yeah, all right. The iron key fits in the lock and the door swings open. Out falls a white-haired old man, gagged with a table napkin and bound around the wrists and ankles with strong spaghetti. Professor McDonald, I presume. From the kitchen, I hear the chef singing an Italian anthem. Professor McDonald tries unsuccessfully to get his gag off. Would you like to untie him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's find out. Let's get to the bottom of this. Why is he in this pizza locker? I remove the napkin and the spaghetti from the professor. From the kitchen, I hear the creak of a refrigerator door opening. Let's talk to the professor. The professor looks at me. My wife sent you, I assume. She could never mind her own business. From the kitchen, I hear the bubble of a boiling saucepan. That chef came to my work and grabbed me. I can only conclude that he's bothered by some of the research by my, I mean, I'm conducting. I managed to grab that key from his pocket and stuff it in my mailbox as he dragged me out. Uh, oh, there's more. I'm just trying to remember my different accents. How are we going to get away from that chef, I say? He'll be out of that kitchen when he's finished making your meal. We have a few minutes to act. Thank goodness he's not cooking hamburgers, I say. Maybe you could set some sort of trap, says the professor. Set a trap. Hmm. What kind of a trap do you think we could set for this uh, pizza chef? What do we have? What kind of equipment? We have a dress. Can we do anything with that dress? Uh, uh, What do you want to do with it? Put it on? (laughs) What are we trying to do? What kind of a trap? Uh, Well, we've got to we've got to capture Tony. Is Tony the chef? Tony is the chef, yes. Okay. Uh, so he was just talking in the third person earlier. We have to try... Oh, I have a revolver. Can I just take the revolver out and say oh. you're coming to me? Okay. Could try it. I mean, right, I don't you're, know... You're holding the revolver. <laughs> can I aim it at Tony when it comes back? I mean, I can keep, I can hit wait until he's done cooking the pizza and see what happens. I, I yeah. I, do you, unless you have, right. do you have any other suggestion? I mean, we're gonna arrest him. I'm a detective. I'm not a trap setter. What are the, what are the, what else can we have as a trap? I mean, I guess we have the hamburger. We could put that out. Maybe yeah, like yeah. or something. All right. So your pizza's done. Oh well, wait, but it's an exploding hamburger, right? Maybe. Put the revolver away. Give him the hamburger instead. Uh, you can't give it to him. Can we, like, use hamburger with Chef? No. No. I mean, I can fire the revolver. No. No, no. Don't fire the revolver. <laughs> keep the, put the burger on the on the counter or something. You can't put do that. The tables. Put it on the table you in there. You can't do that. Come on. What, what can we do with the burger? It's an exploding burger. I want him to eat it. Uh... You ate the pizza. It was delicious. I just felt like clicking that. Okay. I mean, you could eat the hamburger. I don't... No, I'm pretty sure it'll kill me. So, I don't want to eat the hamburger. I, I guess 
he he suggested setting a trap, but what do we have like that can trap him? Well, you've got the spaghetti. And there's an option to tie it. We can just tie him up with the spaghetti. It seems too easy. I click tie the spaghetti. It says, I tie the spaghetti between the legs of two tables. Oh, oh, okay. It's like a silly trap. Now put the burger on the other side of the rope. So then he runs over to get it. I, that's not an option. You're, you're vastly overestimating what you can do with these things. Oh, oh, okay. Put the dress on. You can't put the dress on. Put the dress on the guy, the other guy. Um, no, you can't put the dress on the other guy. Why do we have this dress? Uh, put the dress on the table. So maybe he thinks a customer left can't put it the there. Dress on the table. And we can't put the burger on the table either. Yeah. And we okay, just take out the revolver. I I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I, I I think I've I've exhausted all of my options here. Um, was there any other item that I missed that that uh, we could use to trap him? Can I like talk to the chef and like insult the pizza so he comes after me? Well, you can talk to the chef and ask him about himself. Yeah. Sure, let's ask him about himself. My name is Tony Pepperoni. I am born in Italy. All of my life, I dream of running a restaurant. But everyone in Italy is a better cook than Tony, so I moved to America. That's all he has to say. Take out the revolver, Sean. Okay, you want me to fire it? <laughs> I, no. I'm over the fire, but there's a fire button right here. Can I just hold it out in front of him and say, like, can no, you come with me? No, you cannot threaten him. <laughs> I don't see any other option. Like what what else we're supposed to be arresting him for kidnapping, I'm assuming. I don't want to murder him, but it's not really giving me any other choice. Can I fire the revolver like into the air? No, you can just fire it. Okay, fire the revolver. You pull Let's the trigger. Get- a small flame briefly appears at the end of the barrel. It's a lighter. It's a gun-shaped novelty lighter. <laughs> Thank God we weren't in like some kind of dire situation where, where we needed to use that. Okay. So what, here, here's what I'm thinking. Why don't we distract Tony again, have him go make another pizza, and see if, if that gives us some more flexibility and options. Okay. We want, it, we want another pizza, Tony. All right. What three toppings would you like? Uh, ham, artichoke, and pepperoni. Uh, pepperoni is not an option. Oh, wait. What, beef. If we put beef on the burger and we give him the burger to put in the pizza. Yeah. Okay. No, it, yeah. He, he doesn't react. You wait 10 minutes, says Tony, and disappears into the kitchen. Okay. All right. Now we have more time to do stuff, I guess, but... My plan was to dress up the professor as like a dame and leave him on one of those tables. Maybe Tony Pepperoni will go over to try to hit on him and he'll trip over the rope. Yeah. Once again, man, and I cannot stress this enough. You cannot wear the cocktail dress. No, no. Like give it to the other guy to wear. Uh, You cannot give it to another person. 
I don't know what else to do. What what else can we do? What are our other options here? Um. Well, that's a good question. Can we, can we go into the kitchen where Tony is making the pizza? Uh oh, here your pizza's ready. Tony emerges from the kitchen carrying a yummy, smelly pizza. Sorry about the weights, and he begins, and then trips over the spaghetti. Uh. As he flails to catch his balance, he pivots around, then falls to the floor on his back. The pizza in his hand goes flying arcs and falls slice by slice into his gaping mouth. He gulps it down happily and gets to his feet, and looking furious, pulls out the rolling pin and clonks me on the head. Now, I put the professor back in the closet, and you forget, yes? Everything goes black. I wake up a couple hours later in the hospital ward with a sore head. Ouch. You got to reset. We, we, we got to reset. Okay. So that was not the right order. So he must have, he must have to fall into something or. Well, let's recap what happened. He tripped, he fell, all the pizza went into the air and he ate it. Oh, so we have to somehow feed him the exploding burger. That same with that same method. By putting the burger meat in the pizza. Or we just keep feeding him pizza until he gets sick. Or we give him some type of one of the ingredients that he's allergic to. But he didn't say he had an allergy, did he? He did? No. Uh, Matt, so uh, you've left the hospital. You're back at the Italian restaurant. Everything is back the, to where it was. Um I am going to uh, remind you of the ingredients you can make a pizza with. There's three of them. Artichoke, beef, black olives, chicken, corn, eggplant, garlic, green bell pepper, green olives, ham, hot sauce, chilies, mushroom, onion, oregano, pineapple, red bell pepper, shrimp, spicy salami, spinach. Okay, I was not. Okay, use all the spicy stuff. Oh, that's an interesting okay. idea. I, I would not have guessed that. That was uh, interesting. I okay. thought maybe he had like casually slipped into a conversation that he was like deathly allergic to corn or something. And like, I missed oh, he's it. a shellfish allergy. Yeah, that would have been a little. OK, so let's put all the hot sauce in there. OK, and then we'll do the same thing. But you got okay. to re rescue the professor from the thing. And yep. And you tie the spaghetti that. between the table legs. Yes. OK. And now we wait for him to finish. Time passes. Tony emerges from the kitchen, carrying a yummy smelling pizza. Sorry about the wait, he begins, then trips over the spaghetti. As he flails to catch his balance, he pivots around, then falls to the floor on his back. The pizza in his hands goes flying arcs and falls slice by slice into his gaping mouth. As he attempts to gulp it down, his eyes widen and his face turns bright red. While he lies there flailing and coughing, I leap on him and pin him down. Go get the cops, I tell the professor. Case closed. The big pickle. Yes. Lieutenant Miles arrives and takes a couple of statements gets us outside ropes off the restaurant and drags tony away in handcuffs i guess i should go find mrs mcdonald and see about getting the rest of my fee yeah let's go back to the house okay uh mcdonald house enter talk money my fee i began here's your other hundred goodbye mr rose and thanks Case is solved, two of four, $302.25. We are so rich. For 1929, this is the... You buy a whole Buick for that. Well, let's buy tons of stock. Let's just go out there and get lots and lots of stock. Like and, Kodak. Uh, 
Yeah. Buy up the stock market. Why not? Congratulations, Matt. Now, uh, Matt, good job. Two of four cases solved. Now we are uh, an hour and a half into our evening, and we we solved half the cases. We are at the halfway point, yes. And I happen to know from things I read that the next case is longer than the other cases we've already done. Is it? Yes. Okay. So what would you like to do? Well, what kind of intrigues me is that it says that there are two out of four cases, but there were only three people in that room. Exactly. So maybe they all they all like kind of intertwine at some point or something or another fourth case comes up. So I don't know. Um, I I wouldn't be opposed to maybe t- taking a taking a break here and resuming next week. How, what do you feel about that? I think that's a cool idea. And the folks at home will uh, have to wait on a cliffhanger for our, our next uh, exciting episode to conclude. Of Detective Land. I love it, Matt. I think it's right. exciting. Right. Great adventures ahead of us. Uh, and that's going to do it for this evening. What will happen to our, you know, our detective doesn't have a name. Uh, I thought they, didn't they call him Mr. Rose? Oh, that's right. He doesn't. Damn it. I thought it was going to be funny and clever. (laughs) Anyway, Matt, we're done for tonight. We've done this long enough. We're done. Uh, (laughs) this is great. March Madness is going to a week five. Can you believe it? Um, we're going to come back next time and complete detective land. How will we solve our next mysteries? Who knows? You're going to want to join us. It's going to be a great time. Make sure you check us out at upfordebate.tv and subscribe wherever you get podcasts uh, on any of the major platforms in the video version on YouTube. And of course, you can get in touch with us, upfordebatetv at gmail.com or follow us at upfordebatetv. Matt, what a pleasure, a treat, a, a master of storytelling. Uh, but we're going to end it here. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks everybody for being here. Appreciate it as always. We'll see you next time for another adventurous episode of Up for Debate. One shining This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.